Hello and welcome to Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. Today's episode is an interview I did back in the summer with Catherine Gale, who is founder of Flux State for her menopause support group on Facebook and who also helps to support our Fit Over 40 clients get the menopause help they need alongside the exercise and nutrition program. So she's an expert in all things menopause with almost 30 years of clinical experience. But in this episode, Catherine's interviewing me and she gets me to reveal how we got into helping women around menopause as men in our 30s what doesn't work anymore, and why you need to do things differently around menopause, including why it's harder for women than men to lose weight as they get older, why cardio doesn't work well once you turn 40, and the three best types of exercise around menopause to do instead, the key dieting approaches to avoid, and how to fuel your body best to lose weight, tone up, and feel amazing even around menopause, and how to get motivated when you just can't seem to see any progress around menopause, and much, much more beside that as well. So basically, I share everything I've learned over the past decade, having worked with over 6,500 women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s through running Trinity. So without further ado, let's get right into today's episode, and I really hope you enjoy it. Hi, welcome to Menopausing for Lunch. Uh, in our Flux State community. I'm Catherine Gale, the founder of Flux State, and I've got a guest today, a lunch guest, which is great. So today you're in for a real treat because we are going to spend the next half hour or so talking about Fit Over 40 for Women with Rob, Rob Burkhead from Trinity Transformation. And Rob is here to talk about menopause health and fitness, as well as weight loss. And it's a big topic in our community, which is why I've asked him to come and have a chat with us today. Uh, I hear so often about the weight gain. Why is it happening? Uh, Why do I feel so fatigued? I don't have any motivation. The things I used to do don't work anymore. So so many questions come up in our community. Uh, Rob is a co-founder of Trinity Transformation and the creator of Fit Over 40. And he's written a great book. And it is a good book because I've read it. And I use it quite a lot with my coaching clients. So Uh, Fit Over 40 is about helping menopause women to lose weight in a sustainable way by optimizing their hormones, which is music to my ears. And I'm hoping he will share the secret with us about busting some of those myths we have about fitness over 40 and weight, about menopause, our health, and and how we live a fit life. Going forward, it's that healthy aging for me that's really important, isn't it? Um, I also love the fact that he is a massive foodie, uh, so that was a tick for me, and that he likes to balance that out with lifting weights and uh, mountain biking and dog walks, and he is soon to get married as well, So, uh, <laughs> which is really exciting. So congratulations, and welcome to the Flux State community. Thank you very much. So two and a half weeks until I'm officially married, but yeah, I'm really excited to be here and answer questions. It's a topic I'm really passionate about. And people are probably thinking, like, why? <laughs> it's not why is a guy in his 30s passionate about this, but I'm sure we'll get into all of that as well. Well, I think it's a great place to start, isn't it? You know, how did you come to focus on working with women, particularly around the menopause? Yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't really deliberate. It, it kind of happened organically. So to rewind, um, along with my business partner, Ben, we started an online business wanting to help people with their fitness about 10 years ago. Um, so the business was registered in 2014. We were just finishing university and um, we didn't have any specific target market. We, we didn't really know anything about running a business. We were just really passionate about health and nutrition and, and trying to help people. 
So we helped everyone and anyone at that point, um, men, women, people in their 20s, 30s, 40s. We had people in their 50s, all different age ranges. And what we started to notice after, you know, within the first couple of years is it was quite easy to get results for people in their 20s and 30s. Um, and we were actually getting quite good results for people in their 40s and 50s as well, almost by accident because of the approaches we were using, which were not extreme dieting approaches or extreme exercise approaches or, and not cardio-based approaches as well. So we're using these different approaches and we had a lot of feedback from clients who had done things like, at the time, Joe Wicks was really blowing up. So things like the Joe Wicks program and they didn't know what to do next. Some of them had seen some success, some hadn't. And we had this massive influx of people coming from there. And we thought, okay, there's something to this. So first of all, we just thought we'd specialize in women um, because we needed to talk to one audience because men and women have very different ways of um, of wanting to be communicated to ultimately. And also one, they wanted their own sort of separate communities. And the men were not very receptive to coaching in any way. And you know what men can be like. They all thought they knew it all. So we thought we're kind of been wasted here. And the women were really receptive to it. So we focused on women. And then we started to notice and get this feedback that the women we were working with in their 40s and their 50s were seeing really good results. So it was quite a few years later, I think about 2019, so four or five years ago, we decided to just specialize in that age range because we were seeing really unprecedented results. And um, the more I learned, because we kind of did it backwards the more i studied into okay why are we seeing good results what changes around menopause what changes for people or women as they get older the more i realized so many things that people are doing you know is re it's really ineffective and they're working really hard and not seeing any results and they really need to hear and that's kind of why i wrote the book as well so i was like people really need to hear what does work like why the why the things you tried in your 20s and 30s don't work anymore and what you need to do differently because your body is very different so that's kind of a quick run through of how we ended up working with um specializing women in over 40 so our main clients are sort of late 40s early 50s mid 50s so that's kind of the the primary age range we work with but we have people from early 40s all the way into their 60s as well yeah, definitely. And I've always been someone who's been really fit and healthy. Um, I've always been conscious about what I eat, but, you know, dieting hasn't been something I've had to do. But there is so much out there that is saying, do this and you get results, do this and you get results. And it's quite confusing. And I agree with you, you know, the things I did in the 20s and 30s, you know, really, you know, focusing on cardio, why doesn't that work anymore when we get to our 40s? What's changed? Yeah, so it's quite it's quite complicated, but we can actually make it quite simple. So as you know, there's a, there's a kind of a cocktail of hormones that change in the run-up to menopause. And I think the first thing to say is these changes, as you will know, they can happen a lot earlier than sort of clinical menopause. So when I believe, let me get this right, that's a year without consecutive uh, a year without periods consecutively so 12 months straight without a period um, is when that's defined and the average age for that I think is still 51 in the UK um, let's say it's about that but these changes can start to happen way earlier so even when perimenopause symptoms are really minor um, we've noticed also it can really affect what works fitness wise so this could be for people in their early 40s and we've got lots of clients in the early 40s who who again were stuck and they've started to see different results definitely once you're kind of have some really significant symptoms then um then you definitely want to consider changing the approach so the reason why 
So those changes in estrogen and progesterone, so those sort of fluctuating and falling away, lead to an increase in stress um, or an increase in um, stress response. So when you're stressed, your body releases cortisol as the, the primary stress hormone. And when these things are declining, you will have an increased stress response to the same level of stress. So the body can't tolerate stress so well. Um, and there's kind of three additional side effects to this. So if you're what we call chronically stressed, so a lot of people we work with are in a really stressful job. They're also maybe part of this sandwich generation. So caring for aging parents and also looking after children, even if the children are a bit older, maybe you go into university, things like that. There's still stress there, right? And uh, they're still often responsible for the house. They kind of got all of this stuff on their plate. So the stress levels are actually increasing, especially if they climb in their career as well. And the body's ability to deal with it is not so good. Um, even if mentally you can kind of hack it, physically the body doesn't respond so well. So what happens is cortisol levels stay chronic, chronically elevated. So you, you can't really get this cortisol out of your system as easily. And if cortisol levels are chronically elevated, so that means they're high all the time, then um, it triggers what we call the weight gain triangle. So there's three additional hormonal side effects. So leptin resistance is the first one, insulin resistance is the second one, and thyroid deregulation is the third one. Now, leptin is a satiety and hunger hormone. If you have leptin resistance, you don't respond properly um, to hunger signals. So you can eat a whole meal and then you may have noticed this, you're still starving hungry afterwards. And you're like, why is this? And you're still craving things like, um, you might crave junk food, crisps, um, biscuits, things like that more and more um, if you're chronically stressed as well in around menopause. So that's leptin resistance, insulin resistance. So insulin is a, a storage hormone um, and if you have insulin resistance, you're more likely to store fat around the middle. So that middle-aged spread is something a lot of people want to get rid of or notice coming on. If you're really, really stressed all the time and then you add too much stress to that equation, then you'll be more likely to store that fat around the middle around menopause. There's a few other reasons why that happens as well. So things like testosterone being relatively higher compared to estrogen, which I'm sure you know. Um, but this, this just kind of adds fuel to that fire. And then the third one is thyroid deregulation. So it's the gland in your, your neck that controls your metabolism. The last thing that your metabolism slows down with age anyway, but the last thing you're going to want is that to slow down more if you want to lose weight. And this then means your, your metabolism is going to slow down further, which means you're going to have to eat less and less and less to maintain your weight, let alone lose weight. So it's kind of like a, a triple whammy if you're chronically stressed um, and it affects women a lot more than men. So these changes, so the sensitivity to stress increases with age, but it increases three times more for women than for men. So this is much more it is harder for women this is what i'm trying to say here a lot of women say it feels like it's harder like it's not fair my husband can still eat what he wants and stay you know thin or whatever there is truth to that uh, and this is why so what we want to do then is to manage that stress um i'm not saying you can you know you can get rid of it you can't just get rid of the family you've got to care for you can't get rid of your job you've got to pay the bills um but what you really don't want to do is then add more stress by doing really extreme forms of exercise um, or really extreme dieting. So your body interprets all sources of stress the same way. It adds to what's called the allostatic stress. So imagine this water bottle. I'm like, I'm embarrassingly branded up now, but we'll turn it around. Um, <laughs> it's a good water bottle. So imagine this water is your stress. If, if you do a starvation diet, that's more stress and it will fill up. If you um, do loads of extreme exercise, let's say gym classes, you're doing burpees, you're doing all this, you're no, run, no extreme running, it will fill up again on top of all the work stress you've already got in there and on top of all the family stress. And what you want to stop happening is it kind of overflowing. So that's when you hit that chronically stressed state. So it's all about managing stress more effectively, which is a challenge, right, around menopause because 
things that also contribute to that are like lack of sleep, which is really, really difficult for a lot of people. Um, overwhelm and anxiety kind of through the roof as well. So it's, 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 it's the number one thing we focus on really is stress management for our clients through exercise approaches, through nutrition approaches, but also through lifestyle as well. Mm. That, that really is one of the reasons why I was interested in your program and I ended up getting your book because for me, stress has always been one of those things that I have struggled through all my life, but up until 40, it was manageable. And then 40 came and it was one of the things that really derailed me. And I found my love for running again, which was great. But as I've got further into perimenopause, running's become harder. <laughs> and I think, you know, it seems that, okay, it doesn't stress my mind, but it's put some stress on my body. So, you know, I have looked at things that just bring that sense of calm for me. So when you talk about that, reducing stress is something that you advocate what what sort of tips are you giving what's what's your advice okay so we'll go through exercise nutrition and then kind of like lifestyle mindset so that that's why we're called trinity there's the three things we work on exercise nutrition and sort of mindset but also lifestyle so with exercise it's really about doing something that's more gentle which can seem counterintuitive now the very best thing, which is what we, we use with our clients, is what we call low impact strength training. So LIST, L-I-S-T. Um, so when you do the program, you'll see what this is like. But this is slow and controlled um, exercise, lifting weights. And you can do it from home. Most of our clients don't go to a gym. The reason this works so well is, yes, it's, it's low stress, which is the first thing, but it also combats a lot of the other things that come with aging. So things like um, muscle loss, so sarcopenia, which starts to happen from age 30. Um, so again, you it's not so so prevalent maybe from age 30 definitely from age 40 you really start to see that decline and that leads to kind of the body feeling flabbier saggier less energy um as people get older things like falling over and stuff like that so it will counteract that it'll also help to counteract um loss of bone density so osteoporosis as well um because it's loading the joint but it's loading them in a low impact way and this is why it's also important because as you know lack of estrogen leads to less joint lubrication which can lead to more joint aches and pains and if you're then pounding the pavement running or you're doing these gym classes where you're jumping up and down off things like that can really send you over the edge and then mean you can't continue because it's too painful um so exercise wise it's about doing something gentle on the body that's the most effective thing because that will build the most muscle um so we've had clients say like my bum was basically blending into the back of my body and now I've done this I'm like it's back where it was like in my 30s so you can get a lot of that muscle back you can people have said my arms are now like you know the finger wings have gone again um it helps to flatten the stomach it helps to kind of tone up your legs it helps with everything um if you if you really don't want to do that that's going to be the most effective way but if someone really didn't want to then other good low stress forms of exercise are things like um yoga or pilates they don't build as much muscle effectively they're okay they're not awful. They'll probably stop you losing it, but they won't necessarily tone you up as much. Um, but they are really good low stress things. And honestly, if people have got lots of time or want to dedicate the time to it, the best combination would be that strength training to kind of tone up um, the most um, and improve mobility, helps with back pain, all sorts of things. Um, but then combine that with some sort of yoga or Pilates for, for that additional mobility and also the mental kind of de-stress that you can also get from like running, like you said because um, a lot of people run for the mental benefits as well as the physical ones um, but you'd kind of want to avoid that kind of extreme cardio or cardio you find really hard um, as you approach menopause so that a lot of people find this hard I, I get it like they don't want to give up the things they loved 
And I'm not saying you maybe have to give them up completely, but we need to find a better balance. So I was speaking to a client yesterday and she was running three times a week and doing some yoga, but no strength training. Now she's kind of flipped that on its head and she wasn't seeing any results from that. Um, so she's flipped that on its head now and now she's doing one run a week. So she's still doing some, still doing a little bit of yoga and then doing two to three strength sessions a week. So low impact strength training. And she was something like 5.8 pounds down in four weeks and she didn't have loads of weight to lose. So she's already seeing significant changes and feeling way more toned from switching that. So that's the exercise one. Uh, the nutrition piece is, it's really about not starving yourself and doing these extreme approaches. Your body's smart and knows if there's not much food coming in, that's going to stress the body uh, and send cortisol levels up. And you can get away with this when you're younger again, when the body's, the hormones are a bit more optimal, um, but it's really not going to work well around menopause. It can lead to really, really elevated cravings and then blowing out. And people tend to then get in this cycle of doing 800 calories a day or 12, you know, 1200 calories, really low amounts. Um, and then constantly yo-yoing and feeling like they're failing because they try and starve themselves last a few days things get too much, then they blow out at the weekend, you know, open the wine, the crisps on the sofa. Um, and then they've kind of undone all their hard work for the week. And it's much easier to just eat a bit more. There's the right amount for everyone. Everyone's kind of unique. So I can't say an exact amount. It's definitely not 800 or 1200 calories though. Um, and eat this consistent amount. And then that will give people a lot more energy. It will also help with their cravings. There's a few other things you want to get right as well. So like enough protein. One thing that most of our clients don't get enough of is protein, which keeps you much fuller than a low protein diet and it helps to kind of build and retain that muscle that makes you firm and tone um but really it's about being kind of sensible with that and then avoiding foods that can kind of stress the body as well so this is it's a bit of a minefield as you said like it can be very confusing nutrition um no food's intrinsically good or bad there's no food where you should feel bad for eating it like as i said i'm a foodie um love going out for really nice meals but at the same time if you do eat more processed food so things that you would find very hard to make in your own kitchen or you know don't really resemble how they came out of nature those ones tend to be more problematic um so a really good example of this that people often don't even realize is kind of processed is like wheat so uh, or flour sorry so flour flour if you if you were given wheat and said go and make flour it'd be very hard in your kitchen i'm not sure where it'd start i don't think putting it in the blender would turn it into flour um there's a lot more processes involved with that so it's actually and it's a heavily kind of modified you know it's, it's not a food that's kind of in its most natural form in the uk so one thing we find with a lot of clients is they they don't deal with wheat very well um, and removing that not entirely but about 80 percent of the time um really helps mm -hmm. so there's certain foods like that that if you can kind of find a better balance with alcohol is another one caffeine's another one um i'm not saying never have any of these but often people are having a little bit too much of them and that's holding them back as well so all of those things can contribute to the stress on the body um, and then lifestyle wise, again, there's loads to unpack here, but the key ones I would say are sleep and then the things that affect sleep. So I know around menopause, it can be really difficult for people to, to get a good quality sleep. They can have broken sleep or hot flashes can kind of mean it's very, very difficult to stay asleep. So obviously there's the, the kind of HRT side of things, which can help people, which, you know, I'm not an expert in, but I've had lots of clients have lots of success with. But there's also a lot of things people are not doing that they kind of know affecting sleep, or maybe they don't realize, but there's a lot of things they're doing lifestyle-wise or food and nutrition-wise that mean they struggle to sleep, that then mean they get in this cycle of like less and less energy. I usually find then they're, they're kind of struggling more and more at work to keep up. 
um because they're tired their brain isn't you know they've got the brain fog as well and then um and then because they've been so stressed with work it's, it's so full on they're trying to keep up they're then having caffeine to keep going all throughout the day which is disrupting their sleep and then they're having alcohol in the evening to to unwind because they've been feeling so stressed and then that really makes the sleep and the, the, the menopause symptoms and the hot flushes all of that stuff way worse even if let's say alcohol makes you feel like you're getting to sleep better it's really really giving you poor quality sleep and then you kind of making this thing worse and worse and worse so a lot of people are stuck in that spiral we do kind of a reset at the beginning of the program called the diet makeover for one to two weeks where we cut these things out um so i know we were planning for you to do this after your holiday which is yes. often um <laughs> right before the holiday that's tough but this again we see really good results with people but they often get feel so much better and have way more energy um from making those lifestyle changes um that then means they can sleep better and there's a few things that can help with that as well like different supplements but the number one thing i think is changing the obvious things because most of the time people are looking for like this you know what's the next thing on instagram that's the next like you know thing i need to do actually it's it's, it's very simple things like sugar intake alcohol intake caffeine intake so that's a very long answer <laughs> but i, I hope it covered the question yeah no that, that's absolutely fantastic it, and and it is that cycle isn't it in 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 uh, perimenopause of the stress waking us up at night we're tired then the next day we, we're going to go to an uh, you know fitness class and you think oh, i can't be bothered you know so it, it is that cycle and, and the reliance for me on on caffeine i'm just craving sugar as well when i'm stressed yeah. um so it is a sort of vicious cycle isn't it um, there was something I was going to ask um, from the group, actually, if that was okay. Um, yeah. Jan Janet says here that she's lost her ability to tolerate exercise progressively from about the age of 50. Her pain has increased. I assume that sort of joint pain, stiffness, some exhaustion. And she finds the recovery is a big problem. And she says yeah. herself that she has chronic uh, stress for, for a lot of years. Can she reset, like you talked about? Can she reset? Um, and, it, you know, what advice would you give someone who finds her toleration of exercise difficult? Yeah, good question. So it depends what your goal is. Like, I don't obviously have the full context here, so I'm going to do the best I can with the information I've got. But there's a few things you can still do. So other things we, to really inside our program, we focus on, um, and there's a lot of very stressed people inside the program who, and a lot of people haven't been able to exercise for a while. We focus on what's the kind of easiest thing to start with and then we kind of build things up rather than just going, I think a mistake people make is going, right, I'm doing a program, I'm going all out from the beginning and we make sure people don't do that. So whatever your approach, I think it needs to be low stress. We've talked about that. And for exercise, you can actually just start somewhere much more simply, which is just walking. So this is a very obvious one, but very low impact, low stress wave. It does burn some calories. Yes, it's not going to tone you up like the strength training, um, but start with a really... Um, Simple thing like let's try and increase steps. So we also monitor step count of clients. A lot of people we work with are sedentary. They work at a desk. You know, we're working from home more than ever. Some people, you know, barely leave the desk all day. And back-to-back teams meetings all day. And if we can just increase that and then combine it with the nutritional changes, um, that can then kind of kickstart everything else. So sometimes we'll start really simple, um, or we'll start the exercise. But with so a lot of the exercise we do is we're not going in and doing burpees or box jumps. We're doing like push-ups against the wall, like really simple things that anyone can do to begin with. And we, because we've, again, we've worked with lots of people with lots of injuries um, and then build that up over a longer period of time. So I think rather than going, I used to be here, I need to get back to here as quickly as possible going, okay, I'm here now. 
it's not where I ideally want to be. But if I can give myself like a longer period of time, let's say 12 months, you'll be amazed how much fitness you can get back um, by taking a longer approach to it. So I think it's hard. I get it. It's like, it's kind of accepting this is how it is for now, but you can change a lot. And I think the last thing I'd say on that is the other stuff I talked about. So those lifestyle factors and nutrition factors, if you change them, you may actually be able to tolerate a lot more um, in terms of activity. Um, mm -hmm. But you don't want to be doing like five, six days a week. Like, so our, our clients usually start with two to three days a week, 30 minutes of exercise from home. Um, we start with the smallest possible weight and then we build it up over a longer period of time. So start really small um, and make sure you get the other things right, as I said, so nutritionally, because if you are having two common things, a wheat or dairy, a lot of people can have issues with those that they don't realize. Sometimes they can develop around menopause as well with all the other changes that are causing chronic inflammation, making you feel really tired, that are disrupting your recovery. Um, they're not getting enough protein, which then means they can't recover from exercise. There's so many different things that it's why we have, well, it's a 12 month program. But we start with 12 weeks where we work through what each week we just do like one thing in exercise and one thing in terms of nutrition because there's so many things to learn and it's overwhelming, right? I'm probably, people listening thinking there's so many. If you break it down into just like one simple thing you can do, whether it's get a few more steps in, whether it's make one of those changes nutritionally, um, whether it's trying to improve your sleep so that you then have a bit more in the tank for that recovery, because recovery gets worse for everyone as they get older, but definitely can be really, really tough. Um, and then the last one, again, as I said, it's not my area of expertise, but I've had some clients where we've really not really been able to make as much progress as we would have liked until they have had some hormonal intervention from some form of yes. HRT um, because they're so sore, they're so um, overwhelmed and and stressed and like just unable to to manage things. And I, I know um, we have that mutual connection. Bev, Bev would always say that like a quarter of people would, so she was another menopause expert, a quarter of people um, would have really debilitating symptoms around menopause. About half would have quite notable symptoms, but they could kind of still keep going. And then a quarter would be very lucky and not have um, anything really that very noticeable. I think if you fall into that quarter as really significant, you know, debilitating symptoms, then I'm sure you'd say the same, right? Definitely see an expert about that as well, because sometimes you, you know, you really do need to replace those missing hormones now to, to then have the mental energy or the motivation to, to actually do the exercise or whatever else it is you want to do. Yeah, definitely see it in the women that I've seen. Suddenly their their motivation, their appetite to make some healthy changes just seems, you know, they seem more keen and make progress, even though it's slow, even though it's yeah. slow at times. But that pain in joints is, is, is massive for ladies. So I know with myself, with, you know, shoulder pain, that meant I dropped out of, you know, a, a class that I went to regularly. And yet, mm. you know, actually uh, the movement was good for it, but it was always you know, it's getting past that and getting everything else right, nutrition, physio, the right kind of exercise, the right, yeah, medication as well. So Janet, I hope that helps. I can see that you said each thing I've tried has been too overwhelming. So I think that small steps is important and possibly um, looking at um, whether hormone replacement is something that you feel that you might want to consider. Um, and then we've also got... Um, here just before we go 
this really speaks to me as last year I was in a program uh, before that was so intensive in its expectations. Like I had to do 10,000 steps daily, carry out the online exercise program three times a week, as well as calorie counting. I was exhausted trying to fit it all in with a full-time job and other life responsibilities made it untenable and pushed me into burnout. I felt such a failure. I think this is one of the things about community. You know, one of the reasons I set up Flux State Community was, you know, that women feel alone. You feel like it's only you that's, you know, struggling with this. Only you um, is finding it, um, you know, putting into burnout when actually there are other ways of doing things. And that accountability is so key, isn't it, in, in helping us take those small steps forwards. Tell me about the role of accountability and how you, you know, monitor the program to make sure that it's not pushing someone into to burnout or injury or, yeah. Yeah, so I think there's two bits. There's accountability and there's also having that kind of expert support as well. So someone who's seen it many, many times because often, you know, when you're doing one of these things, if you don't have that, you don't know if you're doing it right, if you're, if it's supposed to feel this way, if, you know, if, if there's anything you can do. So we work with everyone one-to-one -one, nice. um, because everyone's different. And like we said about the, you know, some, someone might be struggling with, with overwhelm and suddenly their motivation is gone because of a hormonal change that we can then pick up on. So we've seen that happen with lots of people and then we can signpost them in the right direction or um, they may be putting too much pressure on themselves. I think the thing we see maybe you have this in your community as well. Probably the number one thing everyone has in common is some level of perfectionism. So when they hear something like on Instagram or a coach says you have to do 10,000 steps a day, if they don't do 10,000 steps a day, they feel like they're failing, understandably, because they've been set this crazy precedent. So we will always work with everyone one-to-one -one, um, and figure out where they're at now and come up with something appropriate for, for that. So for loads of our clients, it's, it's it, it, there's never a perfect like calorie number that's generic for everyone or step number that's generic for everyone these are just things that have come out i don't know who came up with the ten thousand steps a day maybe it's fitbit but um <laughs> most of the people i work with like i've let's see how many i've done i've done three thousand seven hundred today i probably won't hit ten thousand but it's about going let's try and get over five or let's try and get to six because i've been hitting five and th these little changes can actually add up so for most of our clients it's it's little tweaks that are achievable that then they could stack up on top of each other that over time create the result rather than going zero to hundred, we're going to do five workouts. We're going to be doing hit training. We're going to be doing, um, you know, fasting when we, some it's, it's too much, like we can't deal with that on top of everything else. So it's about kind of just taking a little, um, step in the right direction, but that, that kind of often requires getting to know you better. So that's why we work with everyone to want to know what your lifestyle is like, what's going to be realistic for you, because what's realistic for you isn't necessarily realistic for the next person. Um, or a good idea <laughs> either so some people need to do less and they'll see better results some people maybe need a little bit more motivation to do a little bit more um, but everyone I find struggles with going I, I speak to everyone after four weeks of the program most of those calls are actually me going you're doing way better than you think you are yes you haven't lost a stone in four weeks we've had one or two people do that but that's not something that people normally see you might have lost four six pounds but you've also built loads of muscle and they don't realize that. And then they think I'm failing because I haven't lost as much weight as when I did something 10 years ago or that that other person lost that actually started off three stone, five stone heavier than them. So they're going to lose way more weight. So I think really having someone that does that sounding board 
mm. really, really helps because otherwise we can kind of feel like we're going insane on our own. I don't know if you get this, but I, I actually have a personal trainer for myself as well. Um, I do a different type of, well, I still do strength training, but I do Olympic weightlifting. If you've ever seen it in the Olympics, I don't, I'm not an expert in that and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. So I've recently signed up with a, a, a coach who's an Olympic weightlifting coach who can review everything and go, this is the one thing you need to do. You know, your toes are coming up. You need to keep this. And I had no idea that was a problem. And like for five years, I was just stuck getting the same, lifting the same weight, mm -hmm. even though I'm trying my hardest, I couldn't see where I was going wrong. So I think that's where that, that support mm -hmm. comes in. And in terms of accountability, yes, sometimes we do just need to kick up the bum, but a lot of the time it's also an understanding kind of kick up the bum to go, it's fine. You know, the weekend didn't go as well as we'd, we'd hoped. Um, let's come up with a better plan next time um, because most of the time people fall off the wagon as it were I don't like that term but um, we won't get into that today but um, that's obviously what we feel like they feel like they're failing they fall off the wagon um, because they haven't been able to be perfect but it's never usually as bad as we think as long as you get back on quickly which is again what having that accountability helps with you know it doesn't become an entire month where you're kind of then eating anything you know back into all the old habits and then slipping backwards and then you're just going forward for a month and back for a month which is what a lot of people are doing on their own it's a day or two where you feel a bit wobbly then we come in and say that's fine don't worry let's come up with a plan for the next week um here's how we'll fix those issues and then people are able to kind of build that consistency and that belief in themselves as well as understanding how to handle that that adversity that you're you always have like when you're 20 your life's simple you can probably you know it's very it's, there's not a lot of stresses it's very easy to stay consistent on a fitness program maybe early 30s for some people when you've got you know parents getting ill unexpectedly family you know children needing things picking them up from university um work pressures meeting suddenly popping up in the diary projects you know you know all of that stuff's going on your email inbox is never ending and you're trying to get fit it's completely different and i think so many people feel like they should be able to do it on their own and look if i'm I don't have children. I don't have half of those complications. I'm not menopausal and I still work with a coach because I know on my own, I'm just not going to do it. Like we've got a tw business with a team of 12. Um, I'm in meetings a lot of the time. I don't have the mental capacity to figure out what I need to do. I want someone to tell me what to do, give me a bit of motivation if I need it, and then I'll go and do it. And I think that's probably what most people are missing. It's just that person in your corner that can keep you going when things are hard. Yeah, absolutely. And I have a coach too, you know, my coaching clients say, you know, oh my goodness, I thought I wouldn't need one at the end of 12 weeks. But, you know, it's that sustainability, isn't it? Sometimes we need that ongoing accountability for things because life throws all kinds of things up. Just when you've got it under control, you've got it all organized. I know when I put the habits in place, how good I feel. And then, you know, a couple of months down the line, I think, why am I feeling so rubbish? Ah, oh, I haven't done the Pilates, I haven't done my yeah. yoga, I haven't been out today. Um, it's so easy, isn't it? And somebody else can just reflect that back to you. It just makes it easier to, to hear it, I suppose. Um, so I just want to pause just for a second just to see if there's any other questions. It's lovely that we've got 13 of you that have um, joined us, which is fabulous. And for anyone who's joined us live, Rob has kindly um, offered a, a free copy of the book, which is amazing. So, um, so, and I think we've shared the link, which is great. Um, but also, if you're watching this on Catch Up, and um, please just pop in, you're watching on replay, and then we will make sure that you get a copy of that link, because we're keen to get this book into as many uh, women's hands in our community as we possibly can. 
Fantastic. So I suppose, um, let me just make sure, we've talked about stress, we've talked about mindset a little bit, haven't we, nutrition, um, well, we've talked about cardio, so we've talked about a huge number of things, accountability, um, one of the things in my community I find is there's a, quite a lot of us are people pleasers, that's sort of what we call mother energy, where we are, you know, we look after everybody else, make sure they're all okay. You know, we make sure our kids get to their exercise classes and their clubs and, um, you know, make sure they have a healthy packed lunch and a, and a nutritious dinner. And then, you know, for us, we don't even give it a second thought about actually, you know, how do women get to that point where they prioritize themselves, they invest in themselves? Because I'm sure there are many women here who are thinking, I, I haven't got the time. <laughs> um, and yet it's a big issue for them. It will come up time and time again, but haven't got the time, uh, worried about the money, the commitment, whether it's going to work for me. What would you say to, to women in our community that are at that sort of place of thinking? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can come at this one. Um, I think the way I would look at it is go, what, so if you, if, if a lot of the reason for lack of time is, is children, and let's say they're teenagers, I think it's important to kind of, I'm not a parent, but I'm, so I'm not trying to give parenting advice, but if, if, if you want to show up best for the other people around you, whether it's the people at your work, whether it's your children, whether you want to set the right example to them, they're going to copy what you do, not what you say. Um, I think having a strong reason why really really helps to do it so for a lot of our clients it's actually it's not so much like a lot of the children are kind of grown up now but it's, it's, it's some of them are starting to have grandchildren and they want to be able to be that fit healthy um grandparent so they can run around with all the the grandchildren um so they have that kind of deeper motivation deeper reason why they want to do it mm -hmm. um so it's not just i'm doing this for me so it doesn't feel so selfish it's like i'm doing it so i can support them so i think making it about other people is important because if that is uh, rather than saying no you should start to prioritize yourself which i do think is a good practice also go okay i understand that i'm more likely to do things for other people than i am for myself so if you can start to realize this 100 percent how you feel in terms of energy in terms of um how you feel physically in yourself it has an impact on the key people around you whether it's your partner um i know for example as i said we get married in, in a few weeks like when lucy's not feeling so good in herself she's in the worst mood she's you know, less receptive to, to you know hanging out together she's she's just not so happy in herself and when she's feeling good she's exercising regularly which she does most of the time she's you know much much more fun to be around she's having more you know she's she's also enjoying things more she's not stressing about what can i wear to that event um and then spending you know we've had times where and i've had clients say this as well where the event's not quite ruined but like before there's this massive panic of like nothing's fitting i feel awful like and that doesn't just impact you, that's impacting the other people that are going, like that energy. So I think it's realizing it affects everything um, and tying it to like deeper why, whether it's your relationship, whether it's your career. Um, I was literally recording it. This sounds very, uh, um, I still find it funny. So I was recording a TikTok video just before we started because um, we're trying to get some stuff out on TikTok. I don't really use it for myself, but there are a lot of people out there on there. And um, it was a testimony about one of our clients, um, Patricia, who... She's 57, she's lost three dress sizes, but she has an award-winning uh, landscape gardening business. And she didn't sign up for this reason uh, to work with us, but she said, 
not only did she lose the three dress sizes, uh, she was way happier. She was able to wear anything she wanted to events. So there's a whole interview with her on, on our website where she talks about all of this. Um, she wanted to buy every dress she tried on for the events because they all fitted. So she wasn't having that issue with the husband. But she also said um, that her business had the most profitable year ever since she started doing this in 15 years. Um, they won more awards. So she said almost every client meeting she went to, she ended up then winning the business because she was feeling so confident and energetic and happy in herself. So I think you need to tie it to something else. Like I don't really go to the gym to look a certain way anymore. I did 10 years ago when I was in my early 20s. I go because I want to have good energy. I want to um, set a good example to our team at work. Um, and I want to be on my, yeah, my A game or you know, at least it feels as best as I can every single day. Um, and I know for me, it's critical for that. So that's my reason why I do the exercise. So it's not about a, I need to be this weight or this size. It's about, I want to feel my best so that I can do all these other things that I want to do. I, I love that, Rob. Absolutely. I know when we had that first conversation uh, about your program, whether it was going to be right for me, I talked about that. I wanted to feel stronger, you know, in yeah. myself, that it wasn't really focused on, although it would be nice to be able to pick out a dress out my wardrobe and, and know it's going to look good. Must admit, I do have that where I'm going, no, not that one. Um, yeah. but, but I also know that when I um, feel confident in myself, I'm more likely to engage with others, connect with others, collaborate with others. Um, and we've got so used to only seeing ourselves here like this yeah actually when i started going to live events it made me really sort of think about what i was wearing and how i looked so that sort of judging ourselves so one i try and connect with um being a role model for those in in my community um you know i haven't got it all sorted but um i connect with wanting to to live longer and healthier and that means living you know sort of feeling more strong more flexible um, and, you know, able able to enjoy life. You know, I've got an 11-year-old, so I want to be out on our bikes together and I want us to be doing long walks and things like that. So for me, it's connecting with healthy living. Um, so, but yeah, I think that's, that's so good because we can have these goals, can't we? Lose this weight, get into yeah. that size uh, by then. Um, and then when we don't do it, it's kind of demotivating. So, yeah. Definitely. Oh, thank you. That That's so wonderful. I think we've got um, another question about... Oh, Janet says, that is so liberating what we've said. I feel such a failure because I can't get myself to 10,000 steps. Um, I've signed up to a summer challenge because I thought it was a motivation stopping me. Maybe I should lower the number of steps and aim for regardless. So, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a clean slate every day, isn't it? And And I think tuning in with how we feel as well is going to be important because there's definitely days when I can easily do 10,000 steps and other days where actually you're right if I'm sat here all day just regularly getting up and and walking doing a short walk um is good it's good it's moving more isn't it what's your thoughts and you may not um be able to answer this but um I'll be interested to know your take on testosterone particularly for those women who have had an early menopause so women who've gone through uh, the menopause their periods have stopped before 40 we we advocate hrt estrogen and progesterone because we want to protect their bones their brains and their hearts um regarding um testosterone do you have any feelings or experience with that so i don't have loads of experience i know a few clients are taking testosterone i know 
enough about testosterone to say for a lot of people, if you're lacking in it, it's going to be really difficult. So testosterone is kind of like, it's often associated with males, right? It's like that male, um, alpha male energy thing, but we all have it. And if you're low in testosterone, whether you're male or female, you kind of lack that, um, it's kind of that driving hormone that's like makes you want to go out and, you know, back in cave people days, go out and hunt or go out and do that thing, go and achieve the thing. So if you're really lacking in it, it's going to mean you are probably going to be lacking in motivation. So I do think it's a very important hormone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm definitely more, you know, really fascinated in this and trying to learn more and more as well about what kind of, um, whether it's a hormone replacement therapy or what natural things you can do as well to kind of get those levels right. Because if it's low, High testosterone is typically associated with being leaner, having more energy, having more motivation, all those things that you kind of want to have, most people will want to have, right? It's easier to stay lean if you have more testosterone as well. Uh, And if it's low, you're more likely to um, struggle for energy. You're more likely to um, struggle to lose weight. You're more likely to um, have worse recovery. It's another really important one. So it's one of the reasons why um, bodybuilders will take... um, testosterone or some other sort of um steroid is because they can recover like crazy from workouts they can do a workout in the morning take you know they're taking this, this steroids and i'm not saying take steroids but by the end of the day they can do another really hard workout because it's it means they can recover so fast i'm not saying you need that but what i'm saying is it that's a good example of it really helps with recovery as well so i know um some people have talked today about really struggling to recover so that's another thing to factor in so again i don't know loads about combining testosterone with other forms of HRT, but I do know that some people I've heard who've, who've had that as an additional, um, mm. I don't think, did GPs, are they able to prescribe testosterone in the UK? Yeah, I mean, at the moment in the NHS, so I prescribe uh, testosterone in, in my private clinic mm. and I'm definitely seeing more women uh, around it. Do we have all the evidence we need to say yes, absolutely? Uh, no, because the research hasn't been done. There's a massive no, data gap. So um, until it gets in the nice guideline and there's research, then more GPs will be able to consider prescribing it. But the moment they can only prescribe it for low libido, that's Mm. the one piece of research that we've got evidence that testosterone helps women, um, not all women, because libido is really complex. But I I agree with you. For the women that do take it, we see some benefits in their ability to focus, concentrate, um making decisions as well yeah. so you know the, i'm doing this because this is right for me is it is a classic example um whereas we can get i can get distracted i'm going i'm going to do that exercise class oh i uh, <laughs> missed it because i was doing something for my son or whatever so it does give us that ability to focus and i and you're right i see it as an energy pack I feel yeah. the testosterone is what in my 20s meant that I could do, you know, two aerobic classes, you know, in a day and not think about it, then go out dancing in the evening and be up early for a shift the next day. You know, I couldn't, but, you know, I couldn't think about that now. But regarding research and evidence, we don't have it at the moment. So I'm like you, I'm curious. I'm really curious mm. what testosterone um, could do for women if we were um, replacing that, particularly in younger women. Yeah. 
Oh, Rob, I could talk to you all day. It's been absolutely fantastic. And I know that there was a huge amount of excitement in the community when uh, they heard that you were coming to talk. So, and I just want to say thank you to everyone who um, has joined live and you will have access to um, the book that Rob's written, um, Fit Over 40 uh, for Women. And um, if you watch on replay and put replay in the comments, we'll make sure that you get the link as well. Where can women find out more about your podcast um, and your programme and how you support women? So the best place to go is just to our website. So it's Trinity Transformation. So we've obviously got Trinity here. Um, TrinityTransformation.co.uk or look us up on any social media. It's pretty much Trinity Transformation on everything. There's an S on Instagram, so someone else took Trinity Transformation. Uh, so it's Trinity Transformations with an S, but all of them have lots of details about what we do and we're on LinkedIn as well. So whichever platform you prefer, but the best place I would say is go to the website. You can access things like the podcast, which is free. People find really helpful. I know you're coming on that soon as well, which I'm very excited about because we've got more we need to talk about. Um, so go to the site, you can click on podcast or you can click on program or you can click on results on the menu and then you can see all the examples of those things. So whether you want to get more free info, go to the podcast. We do one every single week. We're on episode two, two, one or something this week. So there's loads of them to listen back to. Almost all of it's focused on menopause weight loss tips or menopause health tips. Um, getting into like granular detail about like the best breakfast to have all the way to like high level stuff like we talked about today about like why it's so difficult to lose weight and what you can do about it. Oh, fantastic. Brilliant. I'm really excited to come and join you on your podcast. And I'll definitely share it back in the community when we've recorded that. And um, thank you so much. I'm sure there's going to be lots more questions. So we may well invite you back at some yeah, point. Love to come back. I've started the program. Maybe we can give an update on my how I'm doing and how, it, you know, what the changes have been for me and answer some more questions for people. So maybe maybe around menopause uh, day in October, we might uh, bring you back if that would be okay with you. Yeah, I'd love that. Let's do it. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much, everyone. Enjoy your lunch if you're watching this on um, replay. Uh, pop any other questions that we've got and we'll store up some questions and we'll get Rob back um, uh, later in the year. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening. And we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity podcast.